Welcome to the Utah Jazz Podcast that plays by twos and threes. I'm Mark. Doug, what is up, man? Mark, I'm looking at you. You know, last year last year we had this gap to where we were just doing it over over anchor without looking at each other. And I'm just need to tell the fans of the podcast that I'm enjoying your the site that I have, which is you. Um in your Car Malone mailman t shirt, your Utah Jazz hat, and you're ready to go. Yeah, no, it's so fun. I mean, in fact, we've been recording it by Zoom so that we can put out a couple of videos on our Instagram feed, which I did two episodes ago and haven't. So I'm going to like, I'm going to backlog, like just look out for the Cowhide Globe Co. Or is it just Cow, at Cowhide Globe uh, Instagram feed? And we'll drop yeah. um, some fun videos here in a little bit from the last couple episodes. Uh, but man, it's a treat for me to see your mug. I am wearing my favorite um, tea that um, our sister Kimberly gave me for my birthday, which is a young starry eyed Carl Malone in a mailman's outfit, um, leaning on a, on a post office box. And it makes me happy. Um, it's a, it's a fun tea, but do you know what? Part of the reason I'm wearing it is because this is a happy mood. Uh, this, if you're, if you're a jazz fan and you're like sour grapes right now, I don't know what you're doing. And, uh, let's talk about why Doug, let's talk about what, what the heck happened this week. Cause this was a good one. Wait, what happened this week? Yep. Um, so on the schedule, there were four games this week. Only ended up playing three of them because of coronavirus. But um, it was. We're a great chalking week. it up as a no loss week, though. I mean, maybe we can't um, say four and zero, but undefeated. It, essentially four and zero. The Washington Wizards went out and contracted coronavirus so that they didn't have to play the Jazz. <laughs> and maybe that was was that should I not have said that? Doesn't. Was that inside? Do you know what? I actually wasn't sure. Was the suspension? Maybe I'll edit this part out too. Was it? Was it COVID related, or was it like stuff happening in DC related? Oh, huh. that's actually a good question. I don't know. I, we probably should edit this out because this is our podcast about the Utah Jazz. We should have this information. Yeah. Well, Anyways. well, um, Jazz played three games this week, and they were three and zero. Um, we're on a five game winning Boom. streak, if if anyone's counting. But we started off against the red hot. League renowned, never been beaten. Just kidding. Um, Cleveland Cavaliers got a big win there, one seventeen to one, or sorry, one seventeen to eighty seven. Then we played a team that people like to love in the media, at least at one of their players, Trey Young, and the Jazz had some easy pickings there, one sixteen to ninety two. And last night we had an amazing game against the Nuggets, a revenge game from the playoffs. And it was in Denver. We beat the Nuggets 109-95. to And so, really, it was a fun week. This next week, we've got three games, if you're wondering, just to throw it at you. A, a doubleheader against the... Doubleheader? It's not the same day, but two games in a row against the Pelicans. And then a game against the Warriors. So... Interesting week. I mean, Doug, this wasn't just a good week. This was a hot damn. That was a fine week. I mean, I admitted on this podcast once I had to actually Google hot damn to see if it was one word or two for a tweet. <laughs> um, and that's the kind of that's the kind of dedication we offer. Well, um, is it one word or two we're words? We're just going out willy nilly. Uh, but this is a good one. Should we like you? You 
did you text me this or did you tell me this over the phone? You gave me one of my favorite observations of a Jazz game in recent memory with this Cavs game. And let's just, I mean, the Cavs started off pretty well to the season. I mean, they were ranked like in the top 10 defensively, I think, going into this game. And they were they were kind of okay. But um, what you, you gleaned a very unique insight from the AT&T Sports Network broadcast that I, I found quite insightful. Well, you know, Mark, something that that's great about the fact that we're living in a world outside of Utah and can watch League Pass um, is that we get get these great insights. And the pregame matchup to watch that they highly touted was Royce O'Neal versus Larry Nance Jr. So if that doesn't get get your get your excitement pumping, then I don't know. You got to check your pulse because because. <laughs> I just think that that, that kind of ready. foreshadowed a one seventeen to eighty seven victory. If we're just being like, who, who can we highlight in this matchup? I mean, they had some players out, right? I mean, I think Garland and Sexton were out. Um, but it's if it's like a uh, key matchup, Larry Nance Jr. versus Royce O'Neal. We love some Royce O'Neal on this podcast. Um, that kind of tells you what you need to know about the Cavs game. Yeah, um, I had a couple little pullaways from the Jazz game because. It was my birthday. Um, I turned the big two six, so I was really. Uh oh. I, I was taking some hot notes because I knew that it, it was going to be a good day. Um, one quick thing for you, Mark, because it was my birthday and the Jazz really loved me. Um, had a blowout win and everyone got to play. Boom! First take. Everyone, everyone stepped foot on the court. And you know I'm all about the bench guys at least touching the pine. And not riding the pine, but touching the real pine on the floor. Is the floor pine? I don't know. <laughs> touching the parquet, getting untouching the pine, which I think is the bench, and touching the, the parquet flooring of the stage. Yeah, it only makes sense, Doug, that you, sort of man of the people, would get a Quinn Snyder to open up his cold black heart. Just kidding, we love you, Quinn. And play some guys at the end of the bench. Uh, I tweeted to or I text you, because um, we actually do communicate off of twitter despite of how much i talk about it <laughs> on this podcast um i text you on your birthday that i said doug jarell and jeans brantley got out of his jeans and played basketball and the Cavs made over 23s in doug's um t- to to further your um 50 20 rule that you've just made in the face of rob lawler's law and uh i loved it it was i mean doug doug's birthday is one of my favorite holidays of the year we we celebrate it to the fullest extent allowed under the law um here in california in in my neck of the woods and we did and i was glad that the Cavs and the jazz obliged because it was a perfect game for your birthday yep it was fun so the 20 plus threes made me feel good about myself i think i may never be wrong about making 20 or shooting 50 um i don't want to get ahead of ourselves but haven't didn't they do it like four games in a row um they did it twice this week they didn't last nine Okay, I, or maybe it was like four of the last five games. Um, and then one other thing, just because I turned 26 and I had to find the number 26 in the stat sheet, the Jazz Pat had 26 assists. So there's a there's a number for you. You gotta be kidding me. You got 26. Me. Who would have thought? <laughs> the basketball gods. When you're living right on and off the podcast, Doug, the basketball gods smile upon you. Yeah. That's a shout out for the old OGs of the BYU Utah rivalry. <laughs> Not that. Much. Um, but yeah, I mean, did you have anything else from that game? Because otherwise, no. other than it being awesome, your birthday, whatever, uh, it was a boring yep. game. That was pretty much it. That was kind of the, the game where you could 
um, be watching and then step out, eat dinner, um, have some cake. The game's on in the background. It was just a good, it was a good game to turn 26. My goodness. Um, so what about the next one? Uh, cause it turns out there were three games where they won. By yeah. Who would have known? Um, the next game is against the Hawks and who Donovan Mitchell's other weird Twitter rival, not really with Donovan, but with the people of Twitter, um, Trey Young came into town and, and my note was Trey Young who question mark. Um, Jazz blow out the Atlanta Hawks and their star, the people that everyone loved, Trey Young, only had four points. Yeah. I mean, the Jazz went on a, a run in this game that was 21 to nothing, a 21 to nothing run. That's a three score run in a football game. That's a many more than that scores in a row in a basketball game. In NBA Jam, if you score three uncontested baskets, you're on fire by by rule of that game that happened a multitude of times in that run uh the jazz killed him and yeah i'm with you like it's funny because i like trey young right i think trey young's fine i think trey young has incredible potential sometime around this this time last year there started to be all this like it was around the all-star game and like all this like trey young's like a top 10 player in the nba buzz and i was just like it it, I, i follow basketball pretty closely doug you know, I mean, long time NBA League Pass subscriber. I, 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 I was blindsided by people's love affair with Trey Young, and I get statistically his record has been great. But I've got like, you know, our our friend McKay, our cousin Jeff, um, as we like to call him, and just a bunch of people on Twitter. I've been in back and forth with about Trey Young, where I'm just like, hey, hold on, like, if Trey Young has a career as good as Steve Francis. It will be a success to which people have literally like spit flames of, of fire into my eye o- over this. And I'm just like, look, I, I tell me all the numbers you want. Their team hasn't their team was terrible his first two seasons. And this year they're fighting to be about 500. It was satisfying that he had like his worst game of his career, maybe <laughs> um, uh, against us just now. And but he is statistically like Dave Locke was putting out these stats that just historically against the jazz, whenever Rudy Gobert's on the floor, he shoots like a minuscule percentage. I, I've been going on too long about this, Doug, because I want you to answer a question for me that I put on Twitter about Trey Young, because guess what? I just, I guess maybe the thing that set me off the most before, besides just saying he's already there, he's arrived, whatever. He's a legit, people saying he's an MVP candidate this year, uh, preseason, which yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I, I think like the Luca Trey Young trade looks better in retrospect than it did originally, but, Give me a break. Luka Doncic is a, a much higher echelon NBA player. But the thing that bugs me the most is when people are like, he's like Steph Curry 2.0, or he's like the next evolution of Steph Curry. I'm like, guys, Steph Curry is a generational NBA superstar. Steph Curry is one of the most memorable players of my lifetime. He's also taller and more serviceable on defense. But I want you to answer me this question because I put it out there on on. Twitter, Doug. Can Wait, I read it to you? Steph Curry also has a lot better hair, too. Can we just kind of throw that out Good softly? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it, but I mean, I'm glad you did because, <laughs> I mean, if we're anything, we're, uh, you know, observant and hairstyles of the day in the NBA. We talk about it quite often here. And uh, I just, you know, Trey. Sorry, I, I just but had to But here's say the it. thing. Okay. No, I, I, it was needed. 
it needed to be said. Um, okay, so this was, I, I put this out on Twitter and just like the preface is, obviously I'm not saying Steph Curry is Michael Jordan. I'm, I'm making a scale. So this is a scale for comparison. So if if Steph Curry is is at his peak is Michael Jordan on this scale, tell me fill in these blanks. Dame Lillard right now is blank. Trey Young right now is blank. Peak Jimmer Fredette was blank. Okay. Do you have answers? I do. Um, <clears throat> and well, okay. I, the hard thing is that uh, okay. I don't know. So I've got my things here, but I don't know if they're perfect. Is that okay? They don't need to be perfect. I just want your your first blush kind of. I mean, I know you've had a, a little bit to right, think right, about. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm gonna say Dame is like Isaiah Thomas, just because he's a he's rough, he's tough, and he's he's got the best attitude. Pistons Isaiah Pistons Thomas. Pistons Isaiah Thomas. Late eighties, yeah, early nineties yeah, yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I like that. Whoa, maybe I might pivot on my next one. Trey Young, peak Trey Young, Boston Celtics, Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> maybe. I, you, you know what? He not yet. That wow, that was my <laughs> is that like Trey Young has yet to have a season as successful as Isaiah Thomas's best season with the Boston Celtics. In my opinion, he took him to the Western Conference Finals playing that yeah. offense. Could be okay. Eastern and then Conference here's Finals. here's Sorry. here's Eastern. a good one for you. Peak Jimmer for dead. I mean, he might even not have even gotten to this point. Sunday out of gains. Boom. <laughs> I don't know. I, like I, don't, I was I like thinking out of gains peak Jimmer Fredette in the NBA. Their their NBA career has, I mean, Sunday out of gains has more memorable ones. I like it. This is who I said, thinking about it off the bat when I, cause I okay. created this. Um, for Dame, I said Kobe. Okay. Who I think, uh, I, there was like this big era of like all these guys who were the next MJ after, um, you know, I, I would still say, like, Trey feels more like early Vince Carter. Or maybe that's too much or whatever. But all these guys that were going to be. So so Kobe. I mean, Dame is kind of like 90% of stuff. I mean, that difference is significant or whatever it is. But I, So I put Dame, Dame right now is Kobe. Um, Trey, I put as Sharif Abdurrahim, my favorite good stats, bad team guy in the 90s. Like, great statistical resume. Didn't win. Um, and then peak Jimmer Fredette was Morris Almond for all the, the jazz nice. out there. <laughs> Did Morris Almond ever well, even I, just, I still believe in Morris Almond, man. I still believe, like, killed the G League or D League, whatever it was then, 50 points a game, like, whatever. And just wasn't, just couldn't quite do it in the NBA for whatever reason. And that 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 feels like Jimmer Fredette to me. I'd be curious if people have this, like, tweet, tweet it at us. Um, a a random Morris Almond thought with that. that. I don't know if, like, Ronnie2k on Twitter, I don't know if he follows this the guy that's in charge of 2k scores but i'm on oh he definitely listens oh, to i'm sure what are we talking about um i think that i'm trying to it was it, i don't know if it was nba live or if it was 2k or where i what game i was playing on but when morris allman was drafted i don't know and i don't know if it was a glitch in the system but he was like a 90 and he crushed <laughs> it he was so good and <laughs> He was an awesome shooter. I just remember all the nicknames that we said he was going to have, like Almond Joy and all this random crap. And then he, did he ever do anything past the G League? I don't, I don't know. But no, I thought he was can't miss, man. I thought he was gonna yeah. be good. Um, but that's fun. I like that. Um, do you? 
I guess I was thinking like size wise and position wise, but I like the Dame and Kobe. They're both. Yeah, but I was just trying. I was kind of because like my Michael Jordan scale, those were all like Michael Jordan facsimiles. Oh, okay. And then, that makes sense. So that's what I was going like. Morris Allman felt like he could be that kind of, he was a dynamic two guard three, two, three, like Jordan, Kobe, um, you know, that, that's, that's why I was making that. Sharif Abdurrahim's more of a four, mm. but, um, you know, it was kind of like if that was a lane and then the Steph, Dame, Trey, Jimmer is kind of like the small dude who is going to score a bunch. Here's my only point on this. Steph Curry's awesome and he's still awesome. He was awesome. He is awesome. Trey Young, I don't want to put a ceiling on him. Hopefully, he becomes even better. He's going to have a little bit more of an uphill climb because he's smaller. Um, so defensively, it's even harder. But he's a great passer. I don't think he looks very fun to play with. I don't think John Collins is John Collins or Jason John. Collins, whatever was complaining about it. Um, but whatever, we killed him. Uh, that game was fun. Yep. Um, one note just to talk about how awesome I am. Jazz scored 23s. Um, yeah, boom. Doug's exactly theory, 20. undefeated. And just to say this really fast, every game we've made 23s or shot 53s, we've blown people out. So I'm, I'm just saying, watch out. Your theory's undefeated. Um, all right, anything else on the Hawks game? Okay, so the Hawks game, I thought just a quick note. Um, well, first, that was an awesome home win. We're 2-2 two and two at home, and we just haven't had a ton of really awesome home wins. Um, but other than the Trey Young story, I thought that this game was awesome because I feel like, yeah, and Joe Ingles is still out, but I feel like we kind of have a new guard rotation to where uh, always on the court, um, we can have some killer defense from Royce or Mie One. I thought this is the first game where Mie played a ton and, and just looked great. Um, and then I think that just the rotation between Donovan and Mike Joe and Jordan between for scoring is awesome, but um, just a pin in that game of Mie playing more as perimeter defense. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, this this was a great week for podcasts on Mie One Island and that are part of the George Niang gang because this was also a good George Niang game. People people have been uh, as they are wont to do all over my guy George. Um, and I've said, I've thought he's played much better for the last few weeks, uh, a couple weeks, even before he was sort of, you know, shot well these last couple games. But it's just fun to see him shoot the ball um, with some confidence in these past couple games. And in the Hawks game, he was particularly great. Um, I mean, well, he was four for eight, hit a couple threes, plus 12, 10 points, six rebounds, three assists. I just think he's, he, he's looked good. And then he was good again. Um, in the Nuggets game, so that was fun. Yep. Okay, well, and you just said it, so let's talk about it. Um, Jazz versus Nuggets, four-point win. Um, something that I thought that was really interesting about this game was the contrast, um, and this is actually a legit key matchup, but Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell, first half versus second half. Because um, I think Jamal Murray had, did he have 24 points or something like that in the first half, and Donovan had the like two or something, maybe four by the end. Yeah. Um, but it was ridiculously lopsided. And then when it, I mean, the whole game matters, but when it really mattered, um, Donovan was awesome in the second half and Jamal Murray was just kind of nowhere to be found. 
First half Jamal Murray was a return of Jamal Murray hashtag God mode. I mean, he was in his Asgard bag, as they say. I don't think anybody's ever said that, but he was uh, like Thor, um, Odin of Asgard, playoff Jamal Murray. And it's like, can we can we guard this guy? Like, what is our deal? And unfortunately, our favorite uh, Royce O'Neal cannot guard him. It just can't. It doesn't work. Once again, Mione played well. He 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 had one of those illustrious stat lines where he had zero field goals, zero field goal attempts. Zero free throws, zero free throw attempts, zero rebound, uh, zero offensive rebounds, two rebounds, one foul, plus seven though. He was great. I thought he came in and he impacted the game defensively. He fights. He just he gets around screens. He leads him into Rudy, um, and he was great. But yeah, to your point on on Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray, you know. The first half was bad. I get the people there. There are people on Twitter who will hear you, Doug, coming out saying when it counts, and they'll be like, "Doug, it counts the whole game," you know. And you know what? They're kind of right. At the same time, it's an elite skill, and I'm not like whatever. We were just talking about Michael Jordan, so I'll just talk about it. Michael Jordan in the '90s had a lot of subpar games where he just turned it on at the end and won. It's an elite skill, and. You just can't convince me otherwise with any statistical argument that it's not to to shoot as poorly as he did in the first half and still turn it around in the end of the game um, when more players tend to wilt and make a few really big shots and still, you know, get get to 18 points. Um, he had seven assists. It was great. It wasn't a great game for Donovan. It was a great finish. And uh, a great game for the Jazz that in spite of the fact that he struggled so much early, uh, they handled their business. And they and the, and the foul shots. My, my takeaway to this was, this is fun. These guys are fun. I, I know there's a lot of people on Twitter um, who, who were complaining and it's like it's angsty. And I think there are a lot of people who would prefer the Cavs blowouts. Um, and sometimes I would too. But I just, I love watching these guys play each other. Jokic is awesome. Um, can, can I share this with you, Doug? I went on 538's player ratings, um, 538.com, which is, again, a statistical website that does a lot, you know, forecasting and statistical modeling for a lot of stuff. But they have, we've talked about them on this podcast a bunch. I don't know why I'm explaining it. But they have cool basketball advanced ratings called Raptor and, and I think the other one's Elo. But their rating has Nikola Jokic as by far away the best offensive player in the NBA in this season so far. It's like they have a little graphic and his little head's like way over here on the right side, which is good. And then in defense, Rudy Gobert is by far this year the best defender. His little head's like way over there on the defense side. And it's just kind of, you know, it's it's a fun matchup for these guys. Jokic was great. I thought Rudy, um, you know, struggling with the free throws. He went seven for 13, but otherwise big rebounds. They rebounded a lot. Like the re- we almost got killed in the rebounding battle. I mean, because of the rebounding battle. But I thought he just he just defends better this year. He's frisky. It was fun. Um, him and Mike Conley look so good together right now. Uh, Royce was great. Bogey was Bogey shot really well. Five for nine from three. And uh, Jordan Clarkson it would be the MV. We were going Jordan Clarkson for sixth man of the year. I mean, if if Quinn just let him cook, Jordan Clarkson's an MVP candidate. 
Jordan Clarkson is an MVP candidate before Trey Young is an MVP candidate, in my humble opinion. That's what I'm saying. That's my official stance right here. Yeah, just to echo what you're saying, honestly, what what I wrote down is the Jazz are deep. So fun. Because, I mean, it was so cool to be late in the fourth quarter and Mione getting a ton of minutes. Um, Derek Favors is on the court. Jordan Clarkson on the court. I, I, I mean, I think there were three minutes left and those guys were still playing like it it's so cool to have such a deep team that you can feel like they're going to be competitive with their top nine top eight potentially top 10 players um and it was on full display especially with with such a rough shooting game for donovan as a whole game um it was fun just to see how deep the jazz are just to pull back on all the love you just threw, Jokic. Please. Man, his facial hair is rough. His facial hair sucks? Yes. Ah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Good grief. Could we have a worse combo than back-to-back Trey Young and Nikola Jokic me? in terms of just above the shoulder? For hair? real. The funny thing is that um, I pointed it out to Kylie because um, I think Rudy fouled, fouled um, Jokic or something like that, and he was going to shoot free throws, and I said... Okay, now everyone look. This is probably the worst facial hair in the world. And she said, um, that's what you can do when you're paid millions of dollars, is you can have your facial hair however you want it to be. It's true. And, and it's true. no, I thought that was... This is a message to you right now, Doug. You are, your facial hair is crisp. It's on point. And so is the hair on your head. It's just the whole thing's working together. And that's because you don't have millions of dollars yet. But once you get him, you're going to Nikola Jokic all over the place. And Kylie's going to be like, sweet, whatever. We're so low. It's <laughs> dollars, whatever. This is an interesting game because, I mean, I think a lot of people said the Jazz won in spite of playing good. I think this defends the Doug, the Doug's 2050 theory. We, we were five threes shy of 20 and 13 threes shy of 50 attempts. 15 for 37. I think that was some quick back of the envelope math there, Doug. I'm getting a little dangerous with it. But that is 40%, so they shot well. Um, but they didn't get as many of the looks that they want. I, my my big takeaway from this, Doug, was uh, with the Nuggets, was they were they, they looked better than I thought. And and I realized they've struggled. They, they, the last few years, have been the like one of the best teams in clutch games, like close, less than five points, five minutes or less games. They've just won in a crazy amount of them. And part of that is because they've got Jokic, who's a great offensive player at the end of games. But this year they've struggled a little bit. And in the standings, I think their their point differential puts them at like fourth or fifth um, and is much better than their record. I think they're coming around like from the games we've watched. And I've I've mostly just watched the jazz games um, this year because of everything going on. But I to me, they're like they're better than the Suns. I just think they are. I mean, I think the Suns are frisky. Like to me, I think kind of kind of right now it's like I think and maybe this is a spoiler alert for my broader take but i think the lakers are the number one team in the nba but just going in the west they're the number one should be the number one seed the jazz are currently in second place and i just don't think there's anybody else who's better than them than the besides the lakers i think uh, i mean call me whatever you want this kind of win was that kind of win i mean the jazz are just playing like that i think they're in that echelon but it's close after that i mean i think the clippers are close i think um to me it's the nuggets next and I think the Nuggets are maybe better than the Clippers. I think they're they're neck and neck. I think those three are are all relatively close. 
And then something like Suns, Blazers, whatever, Mavericks, if healthy. But I, yeah, I just think in a playoff series, the Nuggets, to me, are a little scarier. I, I thought they were had a bigger drop-off defensively. They guarded the Jazz well. They, they kept them off the three-point line. They rebounded like crazy. Um, I mean, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think they look pretty good. Yeah. They, they had 52 rebounds and the Jazz had 36. Sorry, I was trying to find that. Oh, okay. I mean, they, they killed us on the glass. My question is, though, Mark, uh, I just wonder what you think on the on the depth uh, of the Nuggets now that they, and if that really counted as a revenge game without Jeremy Grant, um, Mason Plumlee, and Torrey Craig. Craig. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I thought those were all big losses for them, and I, th- I thought they have not replaced that defensively. But with Will Barton and Gary Harris, I mean, they – they're scrappier. They were scrappier defensively than I thought for a jazz team that had been kind of humming on offense. And maybe part of that was just Donovan not having a great game, but I don't know. I just think they're pretty good. And I thought that was a really good win where the jazz went in, um, didn't play great. Didn't play awful. Like some guys play great. Um, can I give you two little anecdotes from that game too? Not to go long, but, um, there was a sequence in the third quarter where, uh, Donovan got stripped and then just like dove for the ball on the ground and fought for the ball on the ground and fought for it for like five seconds or something. I just thought it was cool. I just feel like he's 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 making more like effort plays this year than I felt like he was last year. I think he's defended better. I, I know he's got a long way to go on that end, but I think he's defended a little better. And then um, maybe this was this game, but maybe it was the Hawks game when Jordan Clarkson wasn't as good and then did great at the end, but. In one of these games, Bowler Jack said um, after he made a shot that he had a match in his hip pocket. I just like that. I thought Craig Bowler Jack, man. Uh, I thought that was good. <laughs> I just, um, and it's true, man. That guy just he's got like a he's got a match and like a can of gasoline, and he lights that thing fast. Oh, for sure. I mean, they call him the flamethrower. At least that's what Bowler calls him all the time. Um. But I like that. Yeah, I didn't hear the the match in the pocket comment. I like that. I yeah. I definitely else agree. This week, I, I've got one other. I guess I got one other one. My one other thought, real quick, Doug, is just um, Mike Conley just keeps looking good on those five thirty eight ratings. He's been a top ten player in the NBA this year. I mean, he's he's been so good. And the one thing that I've had in my notes for three podcasts in a row, I keep forgetting to say, is he's he does the little Joe Ingles fake pump fake pass in the pick and roll with Rudy and, and we'll get layups out of it. He's been doing it all year and I love it. And I think he's passing to him better too. And I love that. Like that was a thing Joe Ingles had that worked and he's like taking it. And I've seen Royce do it once or twice too. Um, I don't know. I just think it just makes yeah, me I like that. Um, well, I, th- I think that last comment's going to segue Mighty, mighty nicely into our second segment, if you're ready for that. Saggy too. Let's play a game. Yay! All right, Mark. So segment two here. Um, I'm bringing back something that we did last year with a twist. Um, Uh Uh-oh. Because last year you had a fun segment you like to call Dr. Doug. And me, Dr. Doug MD, Dr. Doug MD Dr. Um, and I'm having some cr- chronic issues over here, so I need my medic, Mark MD, 
I just threw that on there. The maybe I'm a PA. PA. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know, physician's oh, assistant. Uh, I, I'm I'm cool. I'm just medic. I look. I'm. I've been studying in the off season. I've been googling a lot of stuff on WebMD, and I'm ready to answer your questions. You've got the Mayo Clinic questioner ready to go right next to you. It's up on the browser. Anytime you Google anything weird with your body, the Mayo Clinic is one of the first links to come up, if you're wondering. For sure. Um, so that's my Google doctor. And uh, Do you feel nausea and fatigue? You have everything. Yeah. Let's okay. go. Do it. All what, right. are you, what are you worried about, right. Doug? I consider myself more of a psychological uh, doctor. I'm here to make your mind if at any, ease. If anyone's wondering and listening right now, I'm, I'm, I'm laying back on the couch and Medic Mark is, is about to... Yep. to tell me hashtag quick quick disclaimer from our legal counsel which is me nobody on here is an actual medical doctor or licensed to practice uh medicine you know, consult with your local physician if you have any of these symptoms thank you all right proceed Doug. perfect all right mark so we're here i've got some issues or they could be good they could be bad um you're gonna tell me but I need you to let me know if some of these things are, are a chronic issue that really needs some, some long-term atten- attention, if others are a wait and watch, um, or if it's a short, short-term, um, maybe a little prescription for me just to, just to get over this. Um, I want to ask you this first question, segueing from our last t- topic in, in segment one. Um, but I saw this on Twitter, and, and now it's really given me an itch. But I saw someone say that at the current moment, and they also said with the caveat that the Jazz should move up into the one seed, but at the current moment, Mike Conley is playing like an all-star, and this should be his first all-star appearance. And man, that made me itch so bad, I just don't even know what to do about it. (laughs) I'm going to encourage you to avoid creams of any kind. Let this flame up. And then scratch the heck out of it. I want you to itch this thing. Um, Listen, Doug, I actually don't know if this is prescribing medicine or not, but I'm going to say this. He's playing at that level. And, like, guess guess what just moved out of the Western Conference? One guard all-star spot. His name's James Harden. It should have been two spots. Like, he's so fat right now, you have to actually buy two seats on a plane. But he still only takes up one all-star spot, and now he's going to do it in the East. So Steph Curry is back, which makes me a little nervous. I mean, he's going to be an all-star. He'll probably get voted on. Um, but Mike Conley, like some of the guys you thought would maybe rise up and take this, like a Jamal Murray, hasn't really happened so far. I think, honestly, I think it's likely that Donovan and Rudy will both be all-stars again. And I think the Jazz would have to be the one seed, though. That's my diagnosis for you. Is I hate to do this all the time. It's a little bit of wait and see. It's watchful waiting. Because if the Jazz are the one seed, I, there is a good argument. I mean, there's a good argument right now that he is more deserving of it than Donovan Mitchell. Um, I don't. I just think reputation-wise and stuff, it won't happen. And, um, you know, if the Jazz continue to play well, Donovan's been really good the past few games besides that Nuggets game. So I think it swings around. I would love to see it. Um, you, would, you would hope that there are coaches out there in the West who've wanted to vote him in for a while. And if they had a chance, getting three guys is, is tough, though. Um, but I mean, you know, what, what guards in the West are out of, I mean, I guess Devin Booker is another guy who might, who's probably going to be fighting for it. Chris Paul will sort of be in the category with him, depending on how they're doing. So That's true. it depends on the seating. I think it's probably unlikely 
if they were the one seed though um you might just you might just have a confirmed case i don't know yeah i really need this diagnosis um i just thought it was kind of a fun thought he has been for sure him and rudy the most consistent players on the jazz throughout the whole season and i think as far as reputation goes and the the swing from the last couple games donovan I, I, I think he'll get into russell westbrook's also like a always contender for the all-star game and he moved over to the east as well so I don't know. He's been he's been everything people were hoping for and better. Frankly, I I don't think I expected this level of play from him last season. A lot of people are still sour on how last season went. I mean, whatever. This year he has been he's been awesome. I think he's been one of the two or three best players on the team. Um, and if they are a one or a two seed, they should get two all stars at least. And uh, depending on how things shake out positionally, he he has a shot. Yep. Especially, you know, who knows what's going to happen injury wise or or COVID wise. I mean, I think I think this is a year where he could he could be in that mix for sure. All right. I mean, I like it. I think he's in the in the talks for sure. If he'll the never. It could be that he also tails off a little bit as Donovan plays a little better going on. Just statistically, he could tail off a little bit, but I don't know. But he's been awesome, and so I, I guess I'll just put some cream on it for now and see what happens. Um, okay. Next one, I've been having a little soreness, and I don't know if it's going to be more of a chronic injury or what, but what are your thoughts on on my lower leg, Joe Ingles, hurting a lot and, and n- n- missing so much time? You know, there's one, there's one phrase, there's one word when it comes to the injury bug of an, a slightly older player that you get super nervous about, and that word is Achilles. Um, it makes me nervous. It just makes me nervous because he was such an Iron Man and has been such an Iron Man, and then um, he's missed a couple games now, and he played in between, and he played well in the game when he came back. Um it makes me nervous. I think it could be this is one of those things that could benefit the team as a whole if it means Mie, Mie Oni gets a little run cuz I think he should be in the mix in the in the rotation. I don't think he should supplant Joe Ingles. I still think Joe is one of the seven or eight most important players on the team. Um maybe even higher, you know, six or seven. Um but I think in fact, yeah, he is because I, I put him after all the starters above above Royce O'Neal probably and right there with Jordan Clarkson and kind of in that mix. Uh, but it also wouldn't be the worst for him to have some time off and just be healthy and fresh by the end of the season. But it makes me nervous. I mean, Achilles, one of my favorite players, um, somebody who I mean, sometimes in the NBA, when somebody is not a dynamic athlete, people think. Oh, like Mehmet Okur when he hurt his Achilles. Well, Mehmet Okur doesn't really rely on his athleticism. Well, he does, just in a different way, and he doesn't have a lot of room to give. You know, Kevin Durant can lose a little bit of speed and and jumpiness and still go. Joe Ingles does a lot on smarts, but he needs every bit of the athleticism that he has to be an NBA player and a really good one. Yeah. So I, I hope he's fine. Yeah, it makes me nervous that he missed one game and then he played, and I think he's missed three since. I, I, he didn't play this week. Um, but also Joe's the Iron Man and I, I mean I don't know what that one game that he played meant Um, do, do you think he was like hey just let me play or I, it's kind of um, weird that he yeah maybe, maybe maybe they've prevailed on him to 
just say let's rest this for a little while it's been an interesting question with like Bogdanovich too like should he be playing should he be resting it looks like he's getting a little more confidence now you never know what these things you like to hope that the team doctor would would stop somebody from playing if it was going to cause long-term damage or something but I mean when Kevin Durant was playing in the finals and they were like oh it's fine and then he tore his Achilles and it's like well obviously like the other injury impacted that uh, it just makes you nervous. It's one of those things where it's like, this is a weird season. I feel like the team is deep. And I just feel like this isn't a season where we need a Joe Ingles to play every game. Yeah. In fact, it benefits the team to to get some other guys some run. And I think we're deep enough. In the playoffs, we need Joe Ingles. He is a one of our three or four most important ball handlers and creators. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm not saying the Jazz, like, their season's a failure if Joe gets hurt and can't play, but I'm just saying he's an important part of the team and it's more important that he's ready to go in the playoffs. For sure. All right, Mark. Well, um, that one I'll take your short-term prescription on and no ointment needed, just the short-term pain relief. Rest and relaxation. Um, Okay, so this one has been growing literally on me in the past couple of games and, and and it's weird and it's uncomfortable, but maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing. And it's kind of like this weird two-headed dragon, one offensively and one defensively. But it's the great bench play of Mie Oni and George Niang. And I'm just wondering if you think this is going to be a chronically sustainable duo of bench awesomeness with offense and defense. I like it. The big question is, to your prior question, once Joe Ingles comes back, which one of those guys is getting less minutes? And if you went by Collective Jazz Twitter, it would be Mie. If you went by Quinn Snyder's past uh, actions, it's probably going to be George. I, I think that they, they, they are obviously different players. Um, I like Mie's shooting from when I've, what I've seen of it. But George, people want to discount this stuff with him. He has an incredibly quick release, and he's also really decisive with the ball. And for not being a dynamic athlete, he creates stuff driving just because he moves fast. It's kind of the same thing Royce has done over the years. Obviously Royce is a more dynamic athlete. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see them both keep going on this run. I think they're both rotation players. Um, I, I think Jawan Morgan's been out. It, it seems to be in COVID protocol. It'd be interesting to see if he gets some run as the one other guy who I think really makes, maybe makes a crack in the rotation at some point this season. Um, but you know, in those, in those bench minutes, people don't value enough that George can come in and hit three threes in a hurry. I get if he misses, everybody freaks out, but it's valuable to have guys on your bench that can score nine points in 30 seconds. Yeah, I agree. Was that an Honestly, answer? I don't know. What'd you say? Let's amputate it. I said, was that an answer? I, I don't know. I, uh, let's amputate whatever your problem is. But I'm just saying, like, I, I think I think we're going to see both those guys in the mix as time goes on. And I'm optimistic about both of their levels of contribution. And I'm also, at the end of the day, going to say they each play in the neighborhood of seven to eight minutes. So I also don't think either one is critical to the success or failure of the team. Um, but I think they're both impacting it. Totally. And uh, and like you said, I, I do think this is a side effect of my lower leg pain, Joe Ingles, um, and yeah. them getting exactly. more minutes. But but it's been it's been fun. Honestly, I've 
they both had awesome like past two three games and it's just been fun to see their added depth as far as defense and offense specifically they're kind of the opposite of each other and they bring different energy so it's fun to see them both both do do what they're doing honestly okay mark and and you kind of you said it earlier but i i've been having night sweats lately over this thinking seems to be a chronic thing in our family (laughs) thinking about the last seconds of the game and wondering if if Jordan Clarkson needs to finish a couple games here. Oh man. I I just I just woke up in a pool of my own sweat um over that question. Uh it's a it's a it's a classic sort of question, right? I mean, he's going to there's going to be so many games where he sort of takes a late third quarter, early fourth quarter run and you're like, do we keep riding this thing out? Or do we just hand the ball back to Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, and the starters? I, I I think this is the thing about Jordan Clarkson. When are we just going to accept the fact that he's a 50-40-90 guy now? He doesn't take bad shots. And I think the whole knock on Jordan Clarkson before is that Jordan Clarkson would take bad shots and irrational shots outside of the offense. He does not do that for the Jazz. The guy, Douglas. Uh, I'm looking at the last 10 games played. Let's look at his season shooting numbers. Do you realize how many guys have finished 50, 40, 90 in the history of the NBA for a season? It's like less than, it's like five or six, right? And like three of the instances that have it happening have been Kevin Durant and like, you know, it's Nowitzki, it's Nash, it's Reggie Miller once, it's Larry Bird once. I mean, Jordan Clarkson right now is shooting 50 point zero percent from the field so he's flirting with (laughs) dropping under 42.9 percent from three 93.8 percent from the free throw line 17 and a half points a game on 25 minutes what's going on man i don't know this is that's what i'm saying before jokingly it's this isn't six man of the year type numbers this is this is all-star type numbers um this is like that year when jr smith did he actually make it make the all-star team coming off the bench for the next i can't remember but people were talking about it um, so I, I think he, there will be more games where he plays at the end. I mean, it's just all of like a challenge of when you got Mike, Mike and, and Donovan as two of your best players and they're small, like what matchups can Jordan come in? Who's also not a big imposing defender. I mean, could they play a lineup with the three of them, Joe Ingles or the three of them, Royce and Rudy? I kind of like the sound of that. I kind of like to see it happen. I don't know if I wanted my closing lineup in every game, but sounds fun, um, yeah. right? I mean, I kind of like a lineup of all those guys and 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 Derek instead of Rudy too, like not as the closing lineup or whatever. And that just seems like a super quick shifty one. Um, I don't know. What do you? I mean, what do you think? Like you've been doing your own self diagnosis on the internet. Like, do you think this guy's a a closer or is he just you know the ultimate setup man i don't know honestly i mean mean, i've just been thinking about it and maybe it would be too much of a good thing like maybe he has found his perfect um well i I just wonder as a as a player and as a competitor like how he feels sitting out the end of every game when he's playing so well and he's being so consistent Um, i mean i like i would put him rudy mike three most consistent players for the jazz so far um and 
And like you said, 50, 40, 90, he's just been awesome. And I just wonder, does he know this is my time and I'm the guy that's going to score right now and you can't stop me and I'm going to do my stuff while I'm in and I don't finish the game, but that doesn't matter because I'm impacting it when I'm in. Or if if more minutes would, I mean, what's what's so bad about more of a good thing, you know? I don't know, but maybe he's just at his perfect. This isn't Steve Kerr 50-40-90 coming off the bench shooting 100 shots for the year or something. This is, this is, I mean, good grief, Doug. He's shooting seven threes a game at 42.9%. He's shooting 13.4 shots a game. I mean, and guess what? Last season he was 46, 36, 79. I mean, that was good. He's he's just gotten even even better. I I don't know. I mean, he's just I there, here's three things I love about him. We've talked about one of them before, which is how he almost always loses the dribble, but then he doesn't lose it, and then he scores. So fun. Um, number two is he's so good at using a Rudy or a Derek screen coming off of it and like towing the line. It seems like there's no space, and he's just barely behind the three point line, rising up and shooting so fast coming off of a pick. And every time his feet are square, I think he's going to make the shot. And guess what? The numbers support it. The other thing he's really good at is just doing the Ray Allen thing, sprinting to the corner, getting his feet set in the corner, not stepping out of bounds a la Royce O'Neal, and and just hitting a three. Like, I just – I don't know. He, he's awesome at getting his balance. Donovan's really good at, at balance. Two people talk about this a lot. But he's often just sort of squaring up rising up and if he's facing the brim i think he's gonna make it i agree too um so i don't know i think it'd be interesting to see him i mean you'd hate to change what's like what's got him going so well but i think it'd be interesting to see him do more but obviously we have donovan and we have mike and I don't know. It's just we have a lot of a good thing. I mean, if we believe that handing the car keys to Trey Young equals MVP type season, why can't we just extend the same logic to a guy who's shooting 50, 40, 90 on seven three attempts a game and 13 field goal attempts and just say, hey, Jordan, why don't you play 36 minutes instead of 25 and let's go win a championship? Yeah. Um, the truth of the matter is I, <laughs> I feel much more confident having Mike Conley and and Donovan doing it. And I think he's just perfect in his role. And I think it's the type of thing where – Quinn will Quinn Quinn will finish games with guys sometimes if they're going well. I just think, um, you know, those guys are, are are built and have more experience in that thing. But I don't know. That, I guess I'm just saying, no need to put ceilings on on Jordan Clarkson. I like it. Well, those are really all my symptoms, Mark, and I, I feel feel better after your um, my medic Mark moment. Um, so so thanks for um, the relief. Uh, yeah. Let me the, the let me run one by. Insurance. Can I run one by you? Just like you know, doctor asking the patient yeah. something. Um, I I've been pretty optimistic on this podcast about the jazz. I just listened to this podcast with Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, and I know you don't like it when I talk about our competitors. Um, but they listed this thing going through who are the who are the contenders to the Lakers in the West, and they named seven teams. And they didn't say. Guess the where jazz. they had the Jazz. They didn't name them at all. They weren't even in the conversation. They were talking about the Suns. They were talking about the um, Mavericks. They were talking about the Nuggets. Whatever, man. I mean, the Jazz were kind of a trendy pick last year, and um, and 
and then underperformed and this year people are sleeping on him but that was silly I would just say that was silly. When you hear that, and no, you think, Ryan, I mean, on. how are, how are these people getting paid? And, and I mean, we're not getting paid. Uh, hey, man, we got it. That's true. We got ad supported. And, and that's why I kind of paused there. I didn't know if I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, let's, we, undisclosed. We're a private company. Um, here's my one last thing, too, just because it's related. I, maybe we would talk about it on social. But um, in your medical opinion, are you on the same band as me that, uh, on the same sort of thought wave as me that Charles Barkley's argument that NBA players should get vaccines sooner than other people because of the amount of taxes they pay is the dumbest thing that Charles has ever said. And he's said a bunch of them. And I love Charles Barkley, but I just want to say clearly that was dumb. Yeah, I, well, I think the NBA and the NFL already came out to say that they wouldn't jump any lines to to get a vaccine early or anything like that. Super dumb. That just made me... Normally, I just laugh at Charles Barkley. That that one maybe kind of mad. So I just right, so I didn't see that quote. Was he joke. was he dead serious? Was he? Oh, it was a video. It was he seemed pretty pretty serious. I mean, I, I just saw a clip of it, I guess. But in any event, it was dumb. I'm I'm out on that theory. So there you go. Hmm. Um, should we go to our social media segment? Let's do it. Hashtag social media. Yay! All right, Doug. Social media. You want to go first? Or you want me to go? Yeah, I can I go first. More fun ones. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's see. Do I want to start out fun? Do I want to start out? Okay. This is fun. This is from your last comment. And this is a fr- from a friend on the high notes, and it's from Jared High Notes at at Go the Distance Forty Nine. This was earlier in the week, but I thought it was really funny. Um. I guess it was only Barker. Yeah, I guess it was only three days ago. Um, He said in Utah, if you give away a Chick Fil A sandwich for people that got vaccinated, I bet eighty-five percent of the vaccination objections would disappear. (laughs) And I thought that was so funny. It literally. I I, I love. I I love that one. People will do. And it went like super viral too. Yeah, it went crazy, and people will do anything for a Chick Fil A sandwich. I've been I've been talking to Jared about writing on our our cowhideglobe.com blog and I don't know if he got too big after his Chick-fil-A tweets. I don't know if like Chick-fil-A is calling because he got Chick-fil-A sponsored, but yeah, it's the 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 Chick-fil-A reaction, you know, one of the things you miss about normal basketball maybe more than anything else is watching Utah Jazz fans go bananas trying to get somebody to miss a second free throw in the fourth quarter and get a chick-fil-a chicken sandwich and my favorite story with that was the one time when they did it but they like changed it so it was like a soft drink or something instead and people were just up in arms so that's terrible uh yeah that was that was really funny kudos to jared on that one okay and then i'll tell another statistic one and should i do I'll do two of mine, and then you can do... Do two of mine, I'll do my one, and then you do how okay. many else you got. All right, so the, the next one is uh, to toot your horn, and maybe you're going to talk about this one. But um, I think I tweeted af- at you after this one. Um, but the the Jazz are now plus 71 in George Niang's 137 minutes this season, the second-best overall number on the team behind Mike Conley, who's plus 99. So obviously George doesn't play as many minutes. Um, it says Mike's played three hundred ninety-one. So, I mean, um, quick math—that's like a third of Mike's minutes. But Oof. 
I mean, George has been awesome. Nice, man. And he's been playing really good. And I think you've been his only friend. Um, yeah, you, <laughs> There's a few you've of been us. Under There's siege, a few of us in the Niang sure. gang. Um, but yeah, now every time he does anything good, I tweet at this George Niang tracker account um, just for fun. But yeah, I, I love that stat. So that made me happy. Yep. So go, George. All right. Keep it up, George. Keep shooting that ball. Um, all right. Here's my one. I think it's funny. Um, so this is from at DJ Honeypaws, who's uh, the significant other of Logan Cox on hitting the high notes. Um, so always says funny stuff. But this this one tickled my funny bone. Um, James Harden must have signed the Santa Claus. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know when's the last time you watched the Tim Allen masterpiece, the Santa Claus. But it's like the actual clause in a contract and you sign the Santa Claus and then you start becoming Santa Claus. Yep. By getting fatter and a beard and all that stuff. This James Harden stuff's been wild, man. I mean, just these clips of him like super fat, and then all of a sudden with the Nets, he's looking slimmer. I don't know if Black is really that slimming, and but um, when, when he played in the, I honestly thought it was Kendrick Perkins in those first couple pictures, and we were just getting pumped. Oh man, when he played in the in the blue jersey though for the Nets, he still looked pretty big. I like. I hate to talk about like yeah, and, body and, and image. Game. Or, no, I mean. And anything like that, but oh. I, I don't know. He's... I mean, when he was clearly like sabotaging his physical health so that he would get traded or something, and of course he gets a triple double in the first game. I'm sure he'll play it all off. Yeah, whatever. But I thought that was pretty funny. So, um, yeah, the Santa Claus. I like it. And do you have another? Or no, okay, so I'll also for... right, here. I'm I'm always out here being the Kobe Bryant of the twos and threes social social media account by just getting up my 24 shots. Maybe I make three, maybe I make eight, but, uh, this time I just took my one. Okay. Well, I'm going to Derek Fisher my way into a couple more threes over here. Um, okay. So from, from your guy, Logan Cox, um, at dragon squatch, this all kinds of love for these. uh, Yeah, I know. I just thought this one, this one was really funny too. Um, but he said, how do we get at Rudy Gobert and at Donovan Mitchell to wear a hashtag unsalvageable sweat or shirt slash hoodie together? Question mark. And I thought that was awesome because I love that too. Donovan was always repping like the rookie t-shirt or different stuff like that. I think an unsalvageable unsalvageable t-shirt would be awesome. There was also the hashtag nightlife shirt, one of which I own, which I thought was funnier at the time. When Steph Curry and the Warriors were making fun of the nightlife in in Salt Lake, um, yeah, unsalvageable would be amazing. Isn't it just so fun to watch these guys interact now? I mean, I know they're probably not like besties um, for life, but they joke, they high five. It just looks so much better than it looked last season before everything happened. It just didn't look good back then, and the optics of their relationship are a lot better now. For sure. All right, my last one, um, this is to toot my own horn, but this is from um, Ben Dowsett, and the other statistical tweet was from him too, at Ben underscore Dowsett. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, the Jazz have now played, the Jazz have now made 20 plus three-pointers in a game four times this season in 12 games. Um, they made 20 plus three pointers four times all last regular season, 72 games. And they made 20 plus three pointer, three pointers twice in franchise history before the season. So someone in, in Quinn Snyder's corner 
is telling them that they need to make 20 plus threes. And I think it's me or it could be Alex Jensen, but, um, Alex Jensen's been copying off your notes since 1998 when you were actually 10 years older than me in the same high school classes. It should be my Jersey that's, that's retired and the Vima high school banister instead of his, but whatever. You know, one of my friends and, and high school classmates, Natalie Andrews, um, writes for the wall street journal and she actually wrote the story, um, breaking like the news of Trump getting impeached uh, last week. And I think we should just take a stance on this podcast that anything that anybody cool graduated from high school does, we take some form of credit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, big shout out to Natalie who's got an awesome career and somehow, I mean, it's a little bit, I, I think she gets inspiration from this podcast probably. All right. I'll give you one more Doug, just because what would I be if not like trying to steal one more, just cause I've, I've had this bookmarked and I'd forgot about it. Um, do you see this? Like chase observes at chase observes underscore observes tweeted this, who I think is a funny jazz fan and I like him a lot. Um, but it was an excerpt from a, from a Duncan Robinson interview, you know, of the Miami heat who was talking about becoming a def- like improving his defense and he said his favorite defender to watch was joe ingles that's pretty cool i saw just that because he's smart and his body positioning and stuff that made me happy just made me happy. yeah i like that too i actually wanted to bring that one up and i forgot about it so way to be in my subconscious i only did that one other one to give you cover if you need to do like three more but nope that's it or if you're good <laughs> i'm good cool so twos and threes brothers, in your last episode, you said the NBA was better than NFL playoffs. I'm, I'm here to correct that statement. The NBA is like ordering shrimp cocktail as an appetizer. You get it, you eat it, you think it's the greatest thing in the world, but then as, just as soon as you finish, your main course comes and you realize the appetizer was okay, but NFL playoffs, it is the best. We, we got a fan comment. Uh, all right. So that was, that, that was a lovely cameo by, by recurring guest of the pod, father of the pod, our father. Um, just a real quick aside. If you have not listened to our episodes with our dad, um, where talking about a uh, the passing of Jerry Sloan, my my favorite personal favorite episode, or b the the Millers selling the team, which I think is actually his best one, um, hands down. Uh, you should, but all right. I was, here's Dad. I mean, honestly, Doug, I kind of want some shrimp cocktail right now. Is my uh, my first thing, but my take is. This is because this is the perfect year, absent the Broncos not, void, not being in the playoffs, and our dad is a Broncos fan like we are. Um, the reason he loves this is because nobody loves an old quarterback more than our dad. <laughs> like, the fact that it's like Tom Brady, Tampa Bay versus Drew Brees, then Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, that um, whatever. I mean, like, like, our dad wants to vote for the oldest person available for elected office. And he wants the oldest person available to be the quarterback for his football team. Uh, I respect it. Um, but whatever, I disagree. I guess give me the shrimp cocktail. I just want more shrimp cocktail and we'll get to a main course. If there's some room at the end. 
Well, okay, so I'm going to comment on your... Have steak sandwiches the next day as left. I'm going to reference a conversation that I had with Dad over the weekend. Uh, but that's actually pretty funny that you said that he likes to go for the older guys and maybe something that I, I wouldn't have put on Dad. But now, after a conversation that I had, um, I think you're right. He, we were talking about... Bron- oh, I say this with uh, with zero doubt in my mind. Uh, I know this we were talking research, about Broncos please. quarterbacks, and I said that as awesome as John Elway's been, he hasn't been able to draft anyone. And he said that we need to go back to the Peyton Manning system of getting um, a guy ending on his con and in his career and looking for a Super Bowl. And and maybe he's right. Maybe he's not. Case Keenum obviously didn't do very well. I don't know that that system otherwise has a great track record, like Joe Montana on the Chiefs. Um, Brett Brett Favre on the Jets. Brett Favre on the Jets. Brett Favre on the Vikings was a little better. Pretty sure Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning got a Super Bowl. We love Peyton Manning, and he got us to the Super Bowl playing awesome. That last one was kind of like, all right, Peyton, we're going to have you throw like two times today if possible, and one's going to be. Why does this keep stopping? So I keep getting cut off on my thing for whatever, on my recording. Somehow Apple is conspiring against me telling my Tyler Huntley truths. Um, But dad was right on a couple days ago in that Ravens game, because when Tyler Huntley came in the game, uh, it was one of the best collective sports fandom things I've had in a while, just being on there. And he's, he connected with the fan base in such a special way. And I've talked about it on this podcast before. He is one of my all-time favorite Utah Ute athletes. And it's like we were all watching a family member out there. Um, and when Al Michaels said he looks like a 10-year veteran, I feel chills right now talking about it. If you don't think sports are worthwhile, a moment like that, and if, for people who say championships are the only things that matter, a moment like that is going to be something that I'm going to remember my whole life, I hope. I mean – just seeing him come in and play, and I hope this this is just um, Tyler solidifying the fact that he's an NFL player, and I hope he's their number two quarterback going in next year, and I hope he has a long career and gets more chances. But uh, just seeing my guy who I've believed in for years and loved watching play and loved seeing his leadership and just loved the way his teammates responded to him, and in a game where he was playing against them, now I know Zach Moss was hurt, but his high school teammate that both came to Utah um, – and in a game that also had a, a Weber State alum, like get a pick six for 101 yards. Just really cool. I love Tyler Huntley. Um, and that was that was really fun. I don't know if that like makes the playoffs higher in my list this year or not, but I was pretty happy. Yeah, there were a lot of fun games, honestly. Um, and I think the last comment was just made from my sour Denver Broncos heart. Um that the NBA games are more fun, but there were a lot of fun local things. I think uh, Daniel Sorensen, BYU guy, made the probably the most controversial play of the whole weekend, where he was the one that forced the Browns wide receiver to fumble the touchback into the end zone. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of craziness. There's a lot of um, local guys playing a lot, and it's it's fun. Um, football's fun. It's hard when your team has been so bad for so long. But obviously, we're bitter Broncos fans right now. But let's just say this, Dad. Um, you're of, of 
a more than once contributor to a podcast about an NBA basketball team. So let's just be a little careful about what you're calling <laughs> shrimp cocktail. Fortunately for you, we love shrimp cocktail. At least I do. Doug, uh, you Kylie shrimp cocktail would probably guy? eat it, and I would enjoy some like chips and dip <laughs> next to the shrimp cocktail. I would say it's like wings. Shrimp. Uh, the NBA is like. Here's the thing, Doug. Talking about our friend um, Jared having a tweet about Chick Fil A. Like my most responded to tweet in the last week was a complaint about buffalo sauce because I ordered some wings late at night the other day and the buffalo sauce wasn't very good. And people have opinions about buffalo sauce. I was going to have a segment on this about how Trey Young is actually buffalo sauce and like, you know, Donovan Mitchell is hickory smoke from Wingstop or something. Um, but we'll save that for another day. We'll leave a little meat on that bone. But if, if, dad's, if, if dad's saying that the NBA is an appetizer, you know, sometimes the most fun is just eat a bunch of appetizers, uh, especially when the entrees left, left you desiring a little bit and your favorite entree item isn't on there the menu. Have I taken that analogy? Yeah, I think that's perfect. Uh, we love you, Dad. Thanks for being on the on the pod. He was visiting you up in uh, Oregon this weekend, and uh, so lovely that um, we got a cameo out of him before he he was off back yep. to Utah. And if anyone else has any comments or additions they want to throw into the podcast, um, hit us up. Send us a video. And never forget to rate or subscribe because we appreciate that as well. Heck yeah, man. Hit that hit that subscribe button um, and hang out with us all season. It's going to keep sure. being fun. Uh, I think my friend Douglas, uh, we like to call this twos and threes, and, and that was our Boom. episode. Boom.